I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is poet activist L.N. Bazia, who comes to us from way up in very northern Vermont. Up there, she organizes arts activities and founded a poetry group that is flourishing at her local library. She performs her poems from memory, and in fact, doesn't even write them down. She had to do me a favor of typing up a few just to help me prepare for our podcast today. So glad to have you here. Hi. It was just very nice to see our, our Vermont Arts Council's newsletter featuring an artist of the week or month, whatever it is, and it was you. Yeah, it was exciting when they asked me to do it. Completely surprised. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there a lot of activity up there, poetic activity that is, up where you are? Well, where I am, a few years ago, I started a group called Poetry People. Um, oh. I wanted to be surrounded by other people who love poetry. And um, we started at the local library about six years ago. And every month, the room gets filled with farmers and mothers and bakers, whoever's in town and has a poem to share. And they just come up and they just write and share. And it's wonderful. Wow, that's amazing. It's fantastic. To me, it's amazing because we don't get that kind of a big turnout down here in Bennington. And I think we have a little bit bigger population to deal with. Oh, it's a pretty small We do. We've got more people, but they really, really give it their all. And, and we that's, make a little booklet every year. Well, we didn't this year, but we usually do. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, let's let's get right into your poetry. You said okay. you have a you said you have a poem you like to start off with often because it's sort of an introduction to yourself. Yeah, this is a poem I, I kind of gifted myself on my fiftieth birthday. It's called "Where I'm At." Been thinking about where I'm at, not in that velcroed feet tripping, falling on my ass, never learned to double knot my Adidas way. That head in the cloud, Bluetooth smile, just got friended again. Wow, proud kind of way. No, today, I'm not looking for approval. Standing in the checkout line, dipping my chip in, showing the powers that be, I'm perfectly fine. Spending just under my last dime. All eyes anticipating my decline, but my glass is half full. Paper, please keep the receipt. Bags in hand, I'm walking. Not waiting for approval. Not today. Been thinking about where I'm at. And that I think, therefore I am shit, <laughs> ain't gonna cut it. I'm liking this body, these senses. For years now, I've been flirting with a half century, eyeballing each other across time for what feels like an eternity. Me and 50, oh, we about to get to know one another, up close and viscerally. Head up, shoulders back, breasts as high as allowed by the liberation of brawlessness and gravity. At my age, a cardinal rule, the body and the mind are tools with which to tease. Got a 50-50 chance of having the transcendental pleasure of being the one brought to my knees. Of course, in the end, I might need a hand getting back up again. Just not today. Been thinking about where I'm at. Weighing the this and the that. 
Stats telling me as a black woman, I've been living the last 17 years as a Negro's ghost. In 19 aughts, her life expectancy just over 33. That's a couple of years into motherhood for me. In effect, her death a resurrection for my maternal identity. Senses say I've got another 28 and a half years of haunting before the African-American woman in me rises to meet her maker once more, but not today. Till then, kinked hair, graying, flabby flesh, folding, wrinkling skin, mapping out all I've known, who I've been as matron, I claim the crone. Spreading wings of wisdom, setting me free as mother rooted, bodily bound to the earth can never be. I have flown, negress not needing papers telling me I am my own. Been thinking about where I'm at, that place along the way between where I've been and where I have never been. Where I'm at, I am here, and that is enough today. All right. <laughs> and you, you folks may be interested to know that that poem was recited, not read. <laughs> I recite pretty much everything I do. You don't even necessarily write the poem down ever. Is that true? Ever. I, I Actually, some of these poems that I shared with you, I, are, it's the first time I ever wrote them down. Yeah. That's what I find pretty interesting. Uh, I would have a lot of trouble writing it down and re the writing of it without writing it is, right? is what <laughs> right. I would find really difficult, like to try to revise the thing. And then I've, I've got a couple of poems I have memorized. Right. Uh, not a lot, but I like to, like, I like to start a reading with, with one that's memorized. You can really look at the audience, mm -hmm. try yeah. to bring them in. But I also have got a couple of ideas for revisions and I'm not going to do it because what? I think I'll mess up my brain oh, no. from what I've been reciting for years, sure. even though I think the revision would be a nice improvement, you know? Right. right. Uh, I understand. Okay. But the poems kind of start revising themselves as, I mean, depending oh. on the poem, they write themselves differently in my head. I have yeah. one poem that wrote itself kind of almost like the game of Tetris. It was just like a, a sheet of words just kind of falling into place visually in my head. Oh. And then I have another one that just kind of bloomed. It just unfolded like crazy origami that just un unfolded itself and words were just kind of laid out. Some of them come full, just full force, a wall of words and, and just slowly like, and in my head, they're different font and colors and, and whatnot. So that's why I've never written down. I, I've never been able to physically write them as they, they look in my head, the colors and the, the sides and yeah. It sounds like your brain was built for doing it the way you're doing it. Um, I think like, so. be, because it also sounds like you're, you're, you're reading, uh, quote reading, yeah. like you said, these words are there. It's almost like you, the poem comes to you and you read it out of your brain out into the, and say it into the world. Sure, like yeah, that. exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. Wow. I have trouble, I'm not a very visual person. I have trouble imagining that. <laughs> and the first time I went out to share my poetry, because I, I had it for years, but the first time I went out to share it, 
um, I tried looking at the audience and, you know, and making that contact. Mm. And I found that it was interruptive because mm. my want is, I don't, I mean, as much as I love the audience, I want them to have a connection with the word. And if I'm looking into the eyes, they're making a connection with me. So I always close my eyes, I connect with the word, and then I give them to the audience and hopefully they connect with the poetry. Oh, that yeah. is very cool. Oh, thanks for saying all that. It's always great to hear perspectives on performance like that. And that's, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're there and you're a powerful force, but in a way you want to erase your personal element. Yeah. It feels okay. like an interruption, you know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, okay. That's really interesting. Let's do another poem. This is cool. Okay, I'll do one that's a little different. I wrote this one... Um, a while back, I have two daughters, and they it's called Ode to Little Bitches with a nod to the dickless wonders of the world because <laughs> you know they're raised on the internet and, and they're dealing with all the stuff that comes with it. And I was like, you know, you gotta rise above it, you gotta, you know, you gotta let it just flow over you, all this negativity. And and then someone had something to say about me online, and they were like, So what are you gonna do? <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna write a poem. So um, this is Ode to Little Bitches with a Nod to the Dickless Wonders of the World. Back in the day, when little bitches had something to say, they hissed behind fans, eyelashes batten, whispers thinly slicing, tongues lazily laughing at the sacrificial lamb their gossip had fattened. Standing close, lips to ear, licking out lies to those who chose to hear. Little bitches' opinions around and around would waltz into truth. When at last unmasked as false, the differences often as lost as youth. Today's little bitches, so full of, well, less than grace, don't like to talk their shit face to face. Fans of hiding behind the First Amendment, their American right. Today's little bitches spew, wielding social media with all their petty spite. Citizens of a self-important nation surfing the web on a wave of emotional masturbation. Today's little bitches have friends. They are liked. They've been viewed. Any wonder their self-scope is so skewed? The words I drop will not make them stop. Me, like cream, I rise to the top. Whipping me with auto-corrected words they write, fluffs me up sweet and light. Whip me harder, I turn to butter, and everything I touch just gets that much better. In my world, little bitches have no importance, so let them Twitter, tweet, and Instagram their own impotence. My words, I speak. My truths, I own them. Hence, my hand cock on each and every poem. Dickless wonders rocking back and forth on front porch forums, circle jerking their opinions like it's knowing. Hashtag little bitches. Your old face is showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poetry's a wonderful outlet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's accurate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's accurate. Yeah. I tend, I tend to use poetry to work through what I'm encountering out in the world. Mm 
you know, and, and it, um, for years I didn't share it with anybody. It was just me kind of my way of, of unraveling all the knots that life gives you the good and the bad, you know? Sure. And, um, and then suddenly I was like, I want to hear about other people's experiences and other people's knots. I want to, I want to be in that. So that's why I started going out and sharing my work so I could hear other people's. Um, um, when did you start? How long ago have you been? About six How? years ago. Six oh, years when you started ago, the poetry people. Really? Yeah. I hadn't shared with anyone. My kids had never heard it. It was just, it was just my own private thing. Very cool. And you just decided to go to ask the library and start it up. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wish more people realized <laughs> the world is relatively, they may not be wildly enthusiastic about poetry, but they're accepting. Yes. And you can go ask a local cafe or bar or library about having a poetry group and they'll generally um, be with you. Oh yeah. Well now it's amazing because up here we started this group and the town over in Johnson, they want to start a poetry group. And it just, it's kind of, it's kind of, evolving around here people are are realizing that it's 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 part of a lot of more, a lot more people than they knew you know yeah great we have a lot that of is. poets <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i remember we, we were doing reading and met some folk, folks out in nowheresville oklahoma it was so wonderful mm -hmm. who came to, to a reading you know well farmers and stuff like that it was just wonderful there's stereotypes, of course, but anyway, it really was a diverse group of people that had not had a poetry reading in their community, uh, maybe ever. So one night we had a, one of the farmers. Um, it was like I, I want to say it must have been fall because they were just getting their last spread out before snowfall happened, huh? and he came and he shared the most beautiful poem about standing on the top of his spreader watching the sunset. It was gorgeous. And then we had the minister from down the road. He was there and he shared his sermon from that week, which was a poem. And it was just like, and we have kids that come. We have an adult night that's only, it's called safe word night where people share those things that they don't feel comfortable talking about in front of kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. cool. And poetry, it's, it's, I'm all about it. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Wow, you're a great community resource. <laughs> Thank you. And how long you li you lived up there longer than six years, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I moved here about 21 years ago because oh, wow. my daughter was, yeah, about 21. Yeah. It's okay. good. Well, let's get another poem in here. Okay. Um, this poem, like I said, I use it to work through stuff. Mm -hmm. This poem um, wrote itself when we had a whole series of shootings. We had school shootings, church shooting, Vegas right. shooting. And it was crazy. And um, this poem happened. It's called uh, Well Done. <clears throat> rat tat 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 rings out. Rat tat 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 Round after merry-go-round. Rat tat 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 sings out. Look at what I found. Rat tat 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 go hide. Rat tat 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 I'll seek. Rat tat 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 closed eyes. Cross my heart, hope to die. I won't peek. Goody, goody, hip hooray. So many people have come to play. In the schoolyard, rat tat tat tat. The town square, rat tat tat tat. Your backyard, rat tat tat tat. Or house of prayer, rat tat tat tat. Let's have fun. Ready or not, here I come. Run, 
run, run. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat, tat, tat. rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat. Hey, you, shoo, I get, so get. Don't you know how to play? You can't just stand there, hands in the air, froze that way. Gonna give you one more chance. I'll make the music, you can dance. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. Got a riddle, who made piddle under the desk. Frankie, Johnny, Susie in the middle, Eeny, Meeny, who could it be? Get a surprise if you guessed all three. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat-tat. Time out. Excuse me, please. Freeze. Just want to say your shoes untied. Double knot it, then go and hide. Okay? Unfreeze. Don't walk. Run. Careful not to trip. Time and back in again with a fresh clip. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. Boom, I got you. Aw, oh, you should see your face. Don't you know there's no base, there's no safety in this place, not in the closet, not in the hall, not in your locker or on the bleacher. One girl tried to hide under her teacher. I tagged them all. Rat-a-tat-tat, got one more. Who's keeping score? Don't forget to count the kid who held the door. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat
just looking around, being aware, responding to what's happening. Right. Which is the poet's job, sort of, if you want to call it that. And sometimes what you're looking at is inside and you're still yeah. looking at it and reporting it. Sure. Um, I think it's an artist's job. All artists tend to do that. They take yeah. take what's in the world and they and they and they kind of shine a spotlight, whether it's through, you know, movement, dance, visual yeah. art, whatever. You know. Yeah. If you if you get it right, I think, you know. Yes. Well, we got time for one more, so let's have one more. Okay. Um, Beautiful. Um this, this is a piece called Televised. <clears throat> Watching nightly news on the TV. Another brother downed. Tragedy ain't part of my reality. No skin off me. The whole world's gone crazy, I swear. With no humanity to spare. It's just madness out there. Thank God I'm here, where we are also civilized, preferring our genocides televised, 90 second spots that leave us scandalized, but never galvanized. The price of my complacency will be complete when I recognize the blood running down my street, banging at my door for me to get up out my seat, raise my voice, raise my fists, pound my feet, cause life is messy, but their lives are so neat. Sometimes you gotta tear down the old to build up the new. The foundation of our nation is rotten through and through. There's more than a blue wall standing between me and you. There are oceans of blood swinging from, dripping from a swinging noose. Sometimes I feel this pressure from within, just under the surface of my skin. It wants release. Will this perpetual shade over my shade never cease? Imagine your complexion was a source of suspicion for your first line of protection, the police. Would you trust the heart behind the badge is offering you peace while his trigger hand rests on his peace? Next time you're sitting back with the TV on, unarmed black man killed. Damn, they got another one. He may have been someone's father. He was probably someone's brother. He was most definitely a now grieving mother's son. Ask yourself, what could I have? What should I have? Dear God, what have I done? That's it. Yeah. Again, yeah. speaking speaking to the reality that is our contemporary society. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, it's been just wonderful. I'm so glad we could arrange to do this. And uh, thanks a lot for sharing your poems and talking about the, what you're doing up there. You may inspire somebody else to start up a, a poetry people group somewhere. Right. Charlie, anywhere. it's a pleasure to meet you. Folks. You're listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm your host, Charlie Rossiter. We have been visiting with Ellen Beyonce from way up in northern Vermont.
I'm Charlie Rossiter. You are listening to Poetry Spoken Here. And now I'd like to do a little commentary on a wonderful book I just came across by a beautiful artist named Leonora Carrington. She is a surrealist writer and painter. Her work is highly poetic. It is a surreal short fiction, full of magnificent, what Robert Bly would call, leaps. Carrington lived between 1917 and 2011. The publication of this book, The Complete Stories of Leonora Carrington, coincides with the 100th anniversary of her birth. It was just published in 2017. She was a founding member of the Women's Liberation Movement in Mexico in the 1970s. She spent her last decades down in Mexico and received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Women's Caucus for Art in 1986 in New York City. Uh, Early in life, she spent a few years with Max Ernst. Later, she married uh, again and had uh, a couple of children down there in Mexico. What I'm going to do is just tell you a little bit about her in the book, and as usual, read you some excerpts so you can make your own decision. I am personally pretty much blown away by the smooth way she describes the most bizarre, unbelievable, (laughs) surreal things. It's just terribly enjoyable. We'll start with something from a short story called My Flannel Knickers. Thousands of people know My Flannel Knickers, and though I know this may seem flirtatious, it is not. I am a saint. The sainthood, I may say, was actually forced upon me. If anyone would like to avoid becoming holy, they should immediately read this entire story. I live on an island. This island is bestowed upon me by the government when I left prison. It is not a desert island. It's a traffic island in the middle of a busy boulevard, and motor thunders past on all days, all sides, day and night. So, the flannel knickers are well known. They're hanging out at midday on a wire from the red, green, and yellow automatic lights. I wash them every day, and they have to drive in the sun. Apart from the flannel knickers, I wear a gentleman's tweed jacket for golfing. It was given to me, and the gym shoes, no socks. Many people recoil from my undistinguished appearance. But if they have been told about me, mainly in the tourist guide, they make a pilgrimage, which is quite easy. So, it's one of the things she does. She does these, I think, fabulous descriptions of people and uh, how they're dressed, how they present themselves. A lot of people in her stories wear strange wigs and other clothing. And this other story here, I want to take an excerpt from, um, features some very interesting dress. Called Pigeon Fly. The person on the horse was dressed in a pretty untidy manner that reminded me of the coat of a mountain sheep. On the other hand, the colors were rich, almost regal and a gold shirt was just visible between the strands of loose wool. True, the shirt was full of holes and somewhat dirty when examined closely, but the general effect was impressive. She stopped below my balcony and looked up at me. I have a letter which needs an immediate answer. The voice was a man's voice. I found myself at a complete loss in making out the person's sex. Who are you? I asked cautiously. So, again, as I said, I love her descriptions of uh, people's chosen garb. And this next one is a really 
unusual title. But by this point, this is toward the back of the book, I was totally not surprised. I'll admit, the first um, maybe two stories, I was like, eh, what is this? And then suddenly I fell into the groove with her and I just was truly, truly taken. This is called My Mother is a Cow. Our family is modest. My mother is a cow. Or rather, my mother is a cow-faced fan. Who is she? And does she also live behind her fan self? A face before a face before a... Who am I to say? We ask here, who are you? She laughs, but receives offerings of a kind. We call her Holy One, if we know her, but we are very few. Our small sanctuaries are empty, containing only my mother's horned face. Each of us gives what we have to offer. Offerings are returned to human beings as small truths, great truths, medium truths, or quite often as lies and fibs. It all depends on what we do with them. The offerings in the first place are quite devious. Tears and honey, shrieks and tobacco, burning rosin, chocolate, white nights, N-I-G-H-T-S, red ochre, whitewash, and soot. My purpose, however is to tell how I went to question her and what she replied. This is what happened. And the story continues. Uh, you may or may not like uh, Leonore Carrington's uh, approach, <laughs> her stories, the surreal, strange leaps she makes. I think they're delightful. And um, well, I hope you'll at least uh, give it a look. Anyway, I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Monley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other poetry spoken here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetry spoken here at gmail.com.